going to be incredible. I am super pumped to now introduce my favorite person in the whole world. She is a great wife, a great friend, a great mom. She's a great cook. Praise God for great cooks. So why don't we all, hey, it's my wife so I can do this. Everyone get on your feet and give a big round of applause for my wife, Shauna. I don't, I don't really know what brownie points are, but I think you just got some. I think that means that I need to go home and bake brownies or something. And then like if it's five points, it's like five bites and then I get to eat the rest. Good morning. So I'm Shauna Keys. You just met my husband, Adam, if you don't know him already. If you don't know him already, you should know him. He's awesome. He really is. He has such a pastoral heart. He's so kind and caring. He has such a great heart, which is really great because he evens me out because he really likes people and I don't really like people. No, I'm just kidding. And on behalf of all the prophets in the house, we do like people. We just have our heads in the clouds sometimes, but we, we love people too. But Adam and I are really different. We love to take those personality tests. Anybody here like to take personality tests? Yeah, some of you hate it. Some of you love it. You're either, either way, but we really love it. It helps us to learn about each other, understand each other, communicate with each other better. We meet in the middle because we are so different and we're always, we've taken how many, but like 10 different personality tests. If you ever need to know of one, we know some really great ones, but we love to do it because it helps us to kind of meet each other in the middle. And one of the things that we learned probably a year and a half ago, that was like life changing for me, as far as the way that Adam communicates to me is that I really have to know the end of the story first. Yeah. So I have a real hard time watching movies because I have to know the end. And if it's a suspense movie, it's awful. Like I'm getting a rash watching it. I have to stand up and do dishes while I'm watching it. Or I'll just start guessing the end and it drives Adam crazy because he's like, stop. Because I tend to be a little prophetic too. So a lot of times I do guess the end and I'm like, oh, she's only doing that because she's the real mom. And Adam's like, great. Now you just ruined the whole movie. (laughs) But I have to know the end first. And so I have to tell you the end of my message first or I'm not going to be able to do it. Is that okay? Okay. Awesome. So Chad asked me if I would come speak this morning on intercession, which is awesome. Uh, Some of you don't know that I lead intercession here on Monday nights from 630 to 8. And all of you are invited. Anytime you want to come, it is an open door. You don't have to commit to it. You can pop in whenever you can and come pray. And we pray for our church. We pray for our leaders. We pray for the city. And we pray for our country. And it's an awesome time together. When Chad asked me to speak on intercession, I thought that what my heart would be to communicate to you would be, hey, we're all intercessors. We're all called to pray. I wanted to encourage you that everybody gets to play. But I asked the Lord, so what do you want, Lord? Because we talk about these things together and I would never come up here without asking the Lord what he wanted to say to you. And so I, I go up 
And I sit with my father and I say, what do you want to say this morning? And he has a really exciting word to release this morning. Not only does he want you to be a praying person, he wants us to be a people who pray together. He's calling his church to be a people who pray not only to him, but with each other. And this is an exciting thing for our house because we're moving into a time where we're going to start releasing stuff into our region. I fully believe that. And I think we're going to be hearing this message all over the country. God calling his people to be a people who pray together. So I think this is awesome because I love to do things with other people. I don't like to do things alone. I don't, if I'm sick, I do not want to be alone. I just always love to be with people. But regardless of if you're introverted or extroverted, it is always fun to do things together. Adam and I usually have someone living with us all the time, whether it's for a couple weeks or a couple months or half of a year. We usually have someone in the house. And something I love to do when people are in my house is I love to cook together. And so I see Jessica over there. When she was with us, she taught me all these healthy recipes, and I just love that. And Jess Longshore, they lived with us for about six months, and I swear, all we talked about was food. And it was like she would come home, and we would talk about the recipe, and we'd be looking up on Food Network, like, what we're going to make. And I'd be like, did you see on the first page of the Food Network, there's that corn casserole, and who's going to the store? And, but one of the best things about cooking together is that I learn so much when I do that. And so Jessica would teach me little tricks of the trade that her grandmother had taught her or her mother had taught her. And we have diff- someone else will come move in for a while and they'll tell me the way that they cook chicken and it's, oh, I've never tried it that way. And that's really the way that it is when we pray together because this is something that we grow and we learn as we do that together. And this is one of my favorite things about praying on Monday nights with my intercessors is that we all bring something different to the table. So like I have Carolyn who comes on Monday nights and she's really a prophetic intercessor. She brings to the table a lot of of heavenly ideas. But then I have Sue and Sue will come and she's really a pastoral intercessor. So she'll come and she'll just share her heart and her heart for the people. And I never pray that way. But when I listen to her, it encourages me and it makes me have a more full, united picture of what prayer looks like. And then I have Hunter and Michelle, and they are just such evangelists for the kingdom. And when they pray, they pray for the people to come in and for the lost. And we we start to build this prayer out that represents the fullness, the full picture, the full, united picture of prayer. And so it's awesome to do things together, and I'm really excited that that's what the Lord is calling us to. So what is intercession? Some of you are like, I don't know. I think it's when you go sit in your closet for a really long time, and then you start groaning, and then something happens, and then you're released. No, I mean, it can be that. But intercession at its very simplest definition is praying for people. It's standing before God on behalf of man. 
And what I love about intercession is it takes this really special place between our relationship with God, with the Father, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and our connection with him, and our time spent with him, and our love for him, and our kingdom responsibility. What we bring to the earth, what we get to partner with him in. And so intercession stands between our relationship with him and our role on the earth. Can you put John 15 up there for me? I love this passage because it so represents what intercession is. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So it's that beautiful picture of abiding in him, being with him, being with your father, spending time with Jesus, and then coming down, bringing down from heaven what the earth is supposed to be like, which is on the earth as in heaven. So this verse right here, if you remain in me, if you abide in me, and my words remain in you. That wor- those words are not the scripture, not the logos word, but that's the rhema word. That's the fresh word from God. That's the breath of God that comes in. It's living. It's active. It's alive. It's new. It's the rhema word of God. And that's what that word is right there. So that comes from spending time with him, from being with him. Chad talked about last week, he set me up so well because he talked about the banqueting table. And he said, just stay there. Stay there with your father. Make your way to this table and don't, don't leave from there. That's where you get that fresh rhema word. That's where you get that word that's alive and active and now for today. And that's that word right there. His words will start to, just like you eating from the table, will start to be in you. And then it says, Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I think the better translation for that word ask is actually the word demand. And that is kind of an awkward position to take, kind of like you're standing before God demanding something. But when it's his words that are in you, when you've taken his words, his alive, active, rhema words, When those are active inside of you, you can put a demand on the earth. Those are his promises. That's his will. And when his will is in you, you put a demand on those things. You know why? Because his will needs to come to the earth and you get to do that. All of you. When we were back in the garden, we were spending time with him. We were abiding in him. And then he gave us a really great commission. He said, bring my kingdom to the earth. And he said, let them have dominion on the earth. He didn't say, let us have dominion. He said, let them have dominion. And so we get to do that. We get to spend time with him and take those rhema words and put a demand on the earth for them. It's pretty awesome. So how are we going to do this? Over the last 12 years, I've learned a whole lot about praying and intercession Praise God. I'm still learning. I still learn every time we meet together to pray on Monday nights or if we pray in my house, if we're having coffee or spending time with some ladies. I'm learning every time I hear other people pray or or the Lord will show me something from his scripture that brings me to a new place in prayer. But one of the most amazing things I learned 
along the way is the concept of getting higher. And we, as a church, you've heard this a lot. Wendy's kind of saying this phrase a lot, and Chad speaks into this a lot, because if you really look at the scriptures from the standpoint all over the New Testament, we are exhorted time and time and time again to get higher. So what does that look like for prayer? Well, we get our information from a lot of different places. We can get our information from the earth. This is the seen realm. This is what we can touch, what we can sense, what we can feel, what we can see, what we can understand from our own experience, what we think we know. This is everything in the seen world. We can get our information from there. Or there's another place, and it's where the the battle is. And this is the battle between the angels and the demons. And the Bible says that, that Satan is the prince of the air. And so this happens above in the air. And above that is heaven. So when we're getting higher, we want to get all the way up there. Heaven is the glory realm. It's where the Father sits. It's where Jesus is. Jesus interceding for us. Right there in the middle. Jesus is right there in the middle between God and man. And so when we get up there, we get to stand with him right in the middle between God and man when we're interceding. So we're always with him when we get up there to pray up there, all the way up there in heaven. We're praying standing with Jesus, who's our great intercessor. If you pray from the earthly realm from the earth, you will tend to pray prayers. And I do this all the time. We'll pray those prayers that are um, logical. And I find myself doing that and I go, no, 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 get higher. And they seem logical and rational. And even sometimes when we try to come in the opposite spirit, we, we haven't quite gone high enough to get the wisdom that comes from heaven. And so we got to call ourselves all the way high, but we don't want to, we want God's will not our own understanding. And so we got to get higher, right? If you are praying from that, that battle zone, it is really tiring. And if you find that when you're praying, you're getting really worn out or feel defeated or depressed or anxious or doubtful, you're probably stuck here and you need to go higher. And so let me just show you a few scriptures just to encourage you because they're all over. I'm just going to show you a few. But if you could just start popping some of those up there for me. This is from Daniel, the book of Daniel. Daniel is a great intercessor. He, like, if you want to just look up some great intercessors in the Bible, Daniel is one of those. Samuel is also one that I just think is so powerful. I just want to be just like him. He's so bold. But Daniel lived in a time on the earth where um, he was really coming against his culture. They were uh, not a good people, the Babylonians, and he was living within this culture, and he really had to take a stand against his culture. You're going to have to do that too. We live in a culture like that. But he did. He took a stand, and he got his wisdom from heaven. And this verse says, do not be afraid. This is an angel that came to him. Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I've come in response to them. 
As soon as Daniel set his mind to understand, the word from heaven was released to him. Can we go to the next one? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Go there first, and the word will be released to you. Seek first the kingdom and the wisdom that comes from heaven, and then it will be added to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. When we get up higher, when we submit to him, you see this pattern of like humbling yourself and getting really low and then going really high and setting your mind on things above, setting your heart on things above. Then you'll begin to see those words released for you and your situation and on earth. The father gave me this awesome picture of intercession for my intercessors. So I brought these because our last name is Keys, which is pretty awesome, Um, especially when you're an intercessor. But he showed me this picture of keys, and he said, your intercessors, they take these keys, and they unlock gates. And I saw these gates. They were horizontal gates in heaven. And I saw this picture of all the intercessors unlocking gates. And they weren't necessarily opening. So I was like, what's that about, Lord? And then he breathed. The gates were unlocked by the intercessors. And the breath of God came through and swung the gates open wide. That's that partnership. Humbling yourself before the Lord. Seeking the key. We do seek the keys. We seek first the kingdom. Unlocking the gates so that the breath of God can come open and swing wide those heavenly gates. Is there another scripture? Colossians. Oh, there it is. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. This is an active thing that we have to do. Because we're seated there. We're seated in heavenly places. But we still have a will. And he can't make us come up there. But we can set ourselves to come up there. And that means your heart and your mind. Setting your heart and your mind on things above. So, my friend, my very close friend, just recently, just a few months ago, lost her father. And it was really hard for me to see her in such pain. And I didn't really know how to pray for her because I just wanted her to be free from her pain. And that's a lot of times what will spur us on to pray is we see someone in pain and we want to help. And so I started to pray for peace for her because in, in my understanding and what I could see and touch and feel and understand, the opposite spirit was peace. She was in chaos and turmoil. And I thought, well, if I pray peace, she'll get some relief. And she would have. But when I set my heart on things above and I set my mind to understand what was coming from heaven, what what God's heart was for her, he said a very unusual thing, or I thought it was. He said, I want you to pray for joy. And I thought, well, that's just rude. I don't want to pray for joy for someone who's grieving and suffering 
And then I remembered joy in suffering. So I, I got in the scriptures and I looked up some scriptures and I started to, dis, to declare them for her. And the funniest, strangest thing happens when you start to believe the prayers you're praying and you have those faith-filled prayers. I went to the funeral and I said, how are you doing? Are you okay? She said, it's the strangest thing. I have such a joy right now, such a joy that's sustaining me. And I'm like, what? That this thing works. That thing, that phone thing, you call up there, that works. So it's really exciting when you see that things happen. I have a great story that I want to share about my friend over here. So just not too long ago at the women's retreat, I was worshiping in the back and I, I looked over at my friend and she was sitting a couple rows ahead of me. And I was just like, oh, something looks wrong. Father, you got to tell me what to pray. Is, something, is everything okay? And the father said, oh, don't worry about it. She's just pregnant. I was like, oh. So not 30 seconds later, she walks by me and she says, hey. And I said, you're pregnant. And she went, <laughs> she went. <laughs> and stared at me and I'm like, And she's like, I am. And I said, well, I think the father wanted me to know because he's so excited he had to share it with somebody. But that's what happens when we get, when we go up there before we just start praying and thinking from our own understanding, I probably would have been praying for a spirit of depression to come off of her, or she looks a little queasy, Lord, bring healing in the name of Jesus. But when you go up there, he gives you this strategy and it's the right strategy. It's the strategy that breaks chains. Praying in the opposite spirit is a, is a really positive thing. We want to always do that. But when you get the strategy from heaven, it's the strategy that goes breaking chains. So I want to encourage you, if you've been praying for something for a really long time and you have been seeing some breakthrough, but you haven't gone up there for the strategy, do that. It's really fun. It's really fun because you get a wisdom that's creative. So let's say that you've been praying for a really long time for someone who's suffering with depression and you've just been praying joy for them. You've been coming in the opposite spirit. And that is great. It is. It will bring a certain amount of fruit to the earth, I I promise. But let's say you just decided, I'm going to go see what the strategy from heaven is. I'm going to go all the way up. I'm not going to battle in that place. I'm not going to pray from my own understanding. I'm going to go all the way up. You go all the way up there, and the Father says, you know what you need to pray? Belonging. Now you have a key. And right here, that key says belonging. And you get in your scripture And you start praying everything you can find and declaring it over that person. Start unlocking those gates. And then you pray for the breath of God to come in and open those gates up, break those chains. Strategies from heaven are the most effective because they're God's will. That's why we're here. On earth, as in heaven. Go up there, get your strategy You have dominion here to put a demand on the earth for it because it's his words and it's his will and it's always good. So we have a really, really rich 
history of intercession at our church. And some of you may not know it because some of you are new and some of you have merged in with us. We have two churches here that are merged together, Mount Zion and Crossroads City Church. And I know that Mount Zion has a rich history of intercessors because I know some of them and I've known some of them for a very long time. And so I know that they, are, they were a church that prayed and did intercession a lot for their people and for their leaders. But I want to tell you just my story of intercession because it very much relates to the church. On the other side of that, which is this Crossroads City Church side, about 12 years ago, Adam and I are dating. So we were about 10 years old. <laughs> and... No, we had just graduated from college. We were dating. Actually, we weren't really dating technically because he broke up with me. <laughs> I still won in the end. So he, he doesn't like it when I impersonate him, but I have to, okay? <laughs> so he was like, um, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. So I think we should break up and I'm just going to like... I don't know, go to California or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> fine. And so that's what he did. He ended up out in California and he was working at this ranch called JH Ranch, which he had worked there for several summers. And he started to call me and he's like, uh, I really think you should come out here. <laughs> which I was like, uh, no, because I am not going to follow you all the way across the country. You're not, we're not even dating. No. That's what young people sound like, by the way. <laughs> you don't know it yet. When you get older, you'll see, like, I'm, like oh, my goodness, how you are. I'm kidding, because wait till, wait till you see what we carried. Don't ever make fun of young people for being naive, because you just don't even know what they're carrying in their naivety. Wait till you hear. So I asked the father in my young voice, like, okay, God, like, what do you want me to do? No, it wasn't like that. And he said, you need to go out there because I need to teach you about the Holy Spirit. I was like, okay, whatever that means. I didn't know. I grew up in the Methodist church. We never really heard about the Holy Spirit very much. So I did. I went out there. I flew out there. And one of the first nights I was out there, there was a man there who we had never heard of. And his name is Bill Johnson. Some of you may have heard of him. Uh, he pastors a church out in Redding, California that, um, that we really love and and very much value their ministry there so bill was out there and he had just written when heaven invades earth his first book and he came to speak to just a small group of us and he gave us an impartation that night we were rocked we'd never seen or heard anything like the testimonies he was sharing but we knew liked it and it was intriguing to us but we were also a little bit nervous about what our parents were going to think about this so um we started visiting bethel that summer and we i don't really remember any of the messages that were preached or what the worship was like but i do remember one thing those people pray together and we would walk around that lobby and see people laying hands on each other and praying for each other we thought it was the weirdest most awesome thing these people love each other. They pray for each other. Look at, I mean, they're, they're responding to each other in prayer. And we also felt a sense of freedom. And so one day we got back in the car and the father said, 
you guys need to bring this back to Greenville. Now, keep in mind, we're dating at the time, and we're really young. We don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And we're like, great. So I came back a little bit sooner than Adam did. And I said, what do I do? How do I bring this back? What do you even mean? I don't know what to do. And he said, intercession. I said, oh, cool. What's that? (laughs) Never heard of it before. So before I could even respond or I don't even know, did we Google back then? (laughs) Before I could look it up and figure out. And I didn't know, even know anybody who was spirit filled. I didn't even know if I could ask somebody, but this weird, it's like the Lord put this weird magnetic force inside of me. And these people started like these underground charismatics started coming out of the woodworks. And and I'm like, and they're like, what do you know? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, you know something. And I'm like, we're supposed to pray. And so we did, we got together and we met at somebody's house and we started to pray. And do you know what we prayed for? We prayed for our leaders. We're called to do that. And because we did, we transformed a region. So we blessed our leaders. We prayed for God encounters for them. We prayed blessing over them. We covered them. We protected them. And because of that, Adam's parents really fully jumped on board with the spirit of God and what he wanted to do. And it was an awesome thing. Well, somewhere along that journey, intercession kind of fell back to the to the background. And there was still awesome prayer going on for healing and uh, prophecy, just like there still is on Monday nights. Can you believe we prayed together on Monday nights 12 years ago? We're still praying together on Monday nights. So thank you so much to Teresa for being such a mother to that ministry and really mothering it and nurturing it well. But intercession kind of took a backseat. And this was not a good thing because our leaders started to suffer. And we started to go through some experiences that were kind of hurtful. I did. My family did. And also, um, we just saw that they were not encouraged and united the way we had seen before. But Chad came on board, and one of his first things was, we need to be united again. And he really said at the forefront, we need intercession. And before that could happen, God had to really work on my heart. And so I went to a conference up in uh, Fort Mill. And remember I told you about Bill Johnson? Well, his wife, he and his wife were there at this conference. Who knew that they all the way from California could have such an effect on Carolina? And who knew Carolina could have such an effect on what's going on in in California? You see, the Lord gave me something really special, me and Adam, to bring over here. And we're going to send it back that way, too. It's really awesome. But I was at this conference, and Benny was there. And when they introduced her, they said... Benny is such an anointed woman, and she has such an anointing to pray for the brokenhearted. And I thought, oh, cool. And she gave her message, and at the end of it, she said, I do want to pray for those who have a broken heart. If you have a broken heart, will you please stand up? I said, well, I don't have a broken heart. And the Lord said, stand up. I said, I don't have a broken heart. And the Lord said, stand up. Okay, so I stood up, and I saw a picture of Jesus. Jesus. 
And he stood in front of me, and he, he got down like this, and he pointed his finger at my heart. And he said, I called you to the church. I called you to the church. I called you to the church. And I began to weep, and the, and the Lord began to melt my heart for the church again. Maybe you have some broken hearts in here about the church. Maybe some people have hurt you, some leaders, some ministries, some situations. And you need healing for your broken heart. He's calling us to be a church united. He's calling us to come together and be a people who unite in prayer together. I'm going to ask you to do something really brave. But if you feel like the Lord's telling you to stand, will you do that? If you have any hurt from the church, from God's people, I want to pray for you. There's an army rising up to break every chain. There's an army rising up. It's okay. I, I had forgiven those people. I didn't have any offense in my heart. My heart was just a little bit broken. And God's wind, his breath is going to come in and breathe on you this morning. Because you're the army rising up. We're the people of God coming together to unite and pray together. So if you will, just open up your hands. Actually, put them on your heart. Father, I ask for your breath to come in, to breathe life on every heart. For all those who have responded, I ask that you would just break the chains. Release your angels to minister in this place. If you're sitting next to someone, would you just lay hands on them and just release the love of God? Father, we just ask that you would pour over love on every hurt place. We're all perfectly in process. Believers hurt believers. It's not right, but it happens. And so we forgive. If you haven't forgiven, just release that right now. We just forgive. We forgive, Lord. We release them to you. We just ask for your love and your, your, the oil of gladness to come and cover all those places. In Jesus' name, thank you for responding to the Lord. It's, it's, it's a brave thing to respond to the Lord. It takes vulnerability. So is this thing going to be awkward? Praying together? Yeah, probably. It'll feel a little awkward. I never get off the phone with Joanne, my friend right here. I never get off the phone with her without praying. It's like a natural thing we do. You can do that. Pray together. When you have people over for dinner, eat dinner. Make your, your grace a little bit longer.
bless the people at your table. Start off slow. When you have coffee with some ladies at the house, just put somebody in the hot seat. That's what we call it. Say, we want to pray for you today before you leave. It can be a simple blessing, and you'll grow in that. But it's going to take some vulnerability to respond to the Lord, to be a people that pray together. Come on Monday nights whenever you can. Come pray with the intercessors. See what it's like. Get in your scripture. You always know you're praying the will of God when you pray the scriptures. But I do want us to respond to this word together as a church united. To be a people who pray together. Because you know what? It's coming. It's coming. Awakening is coming. And we all want to be on board united together. Amen? Okay, let me just throw this last scripture up here to encourage you. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Amen? Amen. Something really awesome is that we have leaders who love intercession. And that's an awesome thing because they're always going higher, standing before God on behalf of you. And that's awesome. And so I just want to invite to to the stage Brian, who has a word for the house about intercession. And I just want you to know how honored I am as an intercessor that we have leaders who support us so fully. Thank you, Shauna. Thank you. Can you um, give applause to Shauna for what a word. I'm going to ask you to watch just a short video that um, our lead pastor, Chad Norris, did before they left and as uh, they're coming back from Disney. But.